with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. Hello again, friends. This is Mark Stinson. You've come to the podcast Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And you know, a lot of people have felt creativity is a talent that is inherited maybe by a lucky few. It's some sort of artistic, genetic, built-in thing that, but rather we found that it's a skill and it's a muscle that can be developed. And at the same time, we've also seen over the years that a lot of creative people aren't always comfortable talking about money, talking about fees, how much they charge, what their profit margin is, how much they pay their people. And so today we're going to debunk some of those myths. We're going to break down some thought processes and some real financial processes to understand how we can be more profitable with our creative enterprises and businesses. And my guest is Rocky Lavani, and he is the profit answer man. And I, I love the fact that it's like, hey, you've got a question about money. Here's a profit answer man. His business's profit comes first. Rocky, just so glad to have you on the program. Thank you, Mark, so much for having me. Excited to be here and to chat with you today. Rocky, working with so many small business owners like you do, really helping them maximize their profit. I even think of the definition right off the bat. You've got a top line, you've got a bottom line. Ultimately, you have to clear money at the end of the month. You can't just say, I made a lot. You have to say, you know, we profited a lot. When you work with these small businesses, do they appreciate that difference in how do you help shine some light on that for them? They don't. I think for most businesses, the concept of profit is hard to figure out. I mean, for most of you, when when do you find out when you're profitable? When your year is over and a couple of months have gone by and now your tax return's finally done and the accountant says to you, congratulations, you are profitable or unprofitable and here's what you owe in taxes. And invariably, the, the comments I get from business owners are, when my accountant tells me I'm profitable, there's no money in the bank. <laughs> and when my accountant tells me I lost money, there's money in the bank. I don't understand this. <laughs> Why doesn't my cash equal my profit? And profit is one of those, it, you know, it's a theory unless you make it a reality. And what we do is we help to make profit a reality in the fact that it's cash in the bank. Mm -hmm. And let's think about those building blocks then. You know, as you work with these entrepreneurs and, and owners, and especially in these creative fields, how do you help break it down into these bite-sized, stepwise thought processes that say, here's the way you need to think about your money? So more so rather than kind of telling them how to think about their money, most creatives I find when it comes to creatives and money, it's like oil and water, right? They, for whatever reason, they don't go together and don't feel bad because there's another group that's like you too, lawyers. <laughs> lawyers and money, oil and water. Doctors and money, believe it or not, oil and water, even though you don't think so because they have high incomes. So there's a lot of people I think out there who have money issues. And part of that is most people aren't taught about money right? We go to school, kindergarten through 12th grade. Was there ever a class on money? Mm -mm. Rarely. Mm -hmm. You go to college. I have a, a degree in economics and MBA. We weren't taught money. So I think part of it is it's a taboo subject. Part of it is we're imprinted at a young age with money stories. 
So if I were to ask you, Mark, you probably have a money story. Your parents probably told you something when you were growing up and that sits in the back of your subconscious. Mm -hmm. I always imagine them arguing over the balance on the Sears credit card, you know, after the back to school shopping. And it does. It, it's indelibly imprinted in the brain, isn't it? It is. And so I think the first thing you need to do is number one, understand that you have a money story. And then number two, work to change that money story. But the biggest thing that I do for my clients is I go into their financials because just like, so don't ask me to paint, you know, I can take a picture, but it's not going to look great. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I even like, if you ask me to write a story, I'm going to struggle. If you show me a tax return or a uh, accounting file or a spreadsheet, they tell me stories, hmm. right? So in the same way, the art tells you stories, numbers tell me stories. And so what I do is I go in there and I see the stories and I help to tell you what the story of your numbers are and how you can better reward yourself and be profitable and have enough money at the end of the month. And then we go into topics of value pricing and helping you to kind of break the barrier between what you feel you should charge and the reality of what it is that you should be charging. So just today, I just right before you, I had a coaching call and it's funny because it's the same issue. You know, he, he was never comfortable charging what the real value of what he was delivering was. And today he goes, we went opposite. He goes, you know, usually you're the one telling me to go higher in my pricing. Today, I'm going to tell you I'm going higher in my pricing. (laughs) You're too low. So that's kind of what I do is I help them through that. And I help them better understand what's going on in their books so that they can be comfortable. Because the reality is for a lot of people, and we don't talk about this, so you don't realize it. But for a lot of my business owners, when it comes time to look at their financials, they cringe, they get a headache, they get anxiety, they don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is if you don't do it, you're going to face problems. And so you got to find somebody on your team to do it for you. Yeah, and you're right. It will bite you later. It'll bite you later. The problem is your accountant and bookkeeper, they're not on your team to be profitable. Right. So your bookkeeper is busy putting transactions where they belong. Your accountant is busy doing your taxes. And not only that, your accountant has this weird reward scenario where the less you pay in taxes, the better off they look. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're paying less in taxes, that means you have no profit. So it's almost counterintuitive to say, hey, Let's pay more taxes because I want to be so profitable. I have to give the government a big check. Yeah, I love that. You know, and I want to back up and catch that phrase that you use, value pricing. We just can't emphasize that enough. And I think there's a pricing discussion as I think about knowing what competitors charge and knowing what the market will bear and so forth. And then there's the value discussion, which is so psychological sometimes for us creative people. How much can we value our work? How much would somebody value and pay for that work? And again, I, I think about, you see paintings in a gallery and you say, why, why are there seven zeros after that painting? You know, but there's one zero 
after the one that you're charging for. You know, where does that kind of valuing your own work come into play when you're working with some business owners and creative professionals? And so I think that's perception of the value you deliver. Yeah, one of the people that I, I love following is Seth Godin. And Seth is always, people like us do things like this. And so there are certain people who are going to have a wedding and people like them are going to expect to pay five or $10,000 to have a photographer there. If you're a $500 photographer, they're not hiring you. It has nothing to do with the quality of your work. They just believe that in giving you five or $10,000, they're going to get something better. It's kind of illogical, but that is kind of the way it works. And I think in the creative space, it's to create that vision for your work has value. And so that's kind of like a thermostat too. Today, you've got one zero after your name. You can't go from one zero to the seven zeros, right? You got to go from one zero to two zeros to three zeros. So it's, it's constantly turning it up little by little and getting comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you, to challenge yourself to say, what more value could I bring then? If the clients are valuing me at X, but I want to make Y, how am I going to add more value to the equation? So I think for a photographer, like I know there's a local photographer here who charges, I think a few thousand dollars for headshots, but she gets that because the headshots she take make like 20 pounds lighter and 20 years younger. <laughs> so perfectly happy to pay you thousands of dollars for that result. Mm -hmm. And it's knowing the craft and then being good at the craft and then not being afraid to say no. The lower, the, the less people pay you, the bigger pain in the butt customer they are. Mm -hmm. The more they pay you, the better the customer they are. And you have to get comfortable with that and to be able to know that. And it's true yeah. across all areas. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's definitely the case. Rocky, when you're talking about this idea of profit, again, maybe we ought to define some terms because it's just how much I'm taking in, how much we paid the accountant, how much we paid you know, in taxes. There's a lot more to that equation. How do you help define when it comes to the end of the month, what is your quote unquote profit? So we kind of flip everything on around. So most people are told that the way you figure out your profit is sales minus expenses equals profit. So at the end of the month, I sold X amount. I had all these expenses, whatever is left over these measly crumbs are my profit. They're a leftover. We tell people we're going to change this. We're going to do sales minus profit equals expenses. So you're going to know your sales for the month. You're going to say, I'm going to be 10% profit margin or 20%, you're going to take your profit out. And now you're going to see what's left for expenses and you're going to spend less. Nobody tells business owners spend less, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone tells you, you got to invest in your business. You got to spend money to make money. I, I may have heard that phrase. You have to spend money to make money. <laughs> you don't have to the problem is if you spend more than you got, right? <laughs> you spend more than you got. And, and you really need to constrain your spending. I, how many photographers, oh, I need this special lens for this weekend. I should buy it because I can use it in the future. And they buy all these fancy gadgets that they use once. Wait a minute. Go rent the lens. 
mm-hmm. borrow a lens, make friends with somebody else so that you're cutting your spending as much as possible so that you're keeping your money instead of giving it to someone else. And so that's a, it's just, it's a very much of a mindset shift of you don't need more resources. You need to be more resourceful. So figure out how to do it for less. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other thing, depending on what they're using, all these software packages, they all add up very quickly. Do you need all the features of the package or is there a much lighter version of the software that you can get for a fraction of the price, you know, or sign up for the trial version. See if it even works for you before you make the commitment to large monthly expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely seen that with a lot of these subscription-based software packages. And of course, they suck you in with the, you know, you can save 10 or 15% if you pay it annually. Well, but what if I want to cancel it after three months? <laughs> you know, you've already shelled out the annual uh, subscription, haven't you? You have. So there are certain things that you definitely need in your business. And if it's something that you know and you've used consistently, pay it annually. If it's something you're testing out, pay it monthly. And what I do on a lot of my, my monthly and my annuals, actually on my annuals, what I will do is I use a, a virtual card. And so what happens is, is the virtual card is a one-time use only card and it automatically can't be used again. So when they rebill me in a year, it won't go through. Mm-hmm. Then they start emailing me and then I got to make a decision. Do I really want this service again? And so you're constantly evaluating because otherwise we forget, we get busy and things start getting auto renewed and it's crazy. Like I just had that in December. Like now I know my, my wife loves Sirius XM every year at renewal time, like the rates go up 400%. <laughs> and so this year I had it on my calendar and I literally called them and because of COVID it was all automated. They said, um, because of COVID, we have limited this and that. Uh, by the way, would you like to take advantage of this special offer and immediately reduce your rate by some ridiculous amount? Because they knew why I was calling, right? Right. I hit a button and yeah. didn't press, talk to anyone. Press one. And, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. So, you know, it went from a few hundred dollars a year down to, I think it went from like $22 a month down to five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. One phone call. So constantly asking and checking in with that. Yeah. But you have to be aware. So the business of business is very easy when you understand your numbers. And it's very hard when you don't. And you've got to, you got to put on your big boy and big girl pants and you have to get comfortable with them. And I guess, Rocky, as an advisor to companies like this, you talk about, first of all, they don't want to talk about money. They don't want to talk about money to an outsider. And here you come in and you know you can help them. But where does that level of trust, you know, we're going to the relationship side of your work now. I have to trust that I can tell you about my money ups and my money downs. How do you establish that kind of rapport right off the bat in your engagements? So no like, and trust is difficult. What I have done is I have used my podcast to share my story, my journey, and what I do. And what I will find is if somebody goes and listens to my podcast, they're going to have me for 10 or 20 hours in their head, and they're going to make a decision. This is the kind of person that I want to deal with, 
or not. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's been one way that I've been successful in doing that. The other is I've already walked the journey. So we haven't talked about where I started off. I'm an immigrant to the United States. My parents came here uh, in their early 40s. They were starting over for the second time in life. And they essentially had $25. And from that, uh, they learned to kind of build the American dream. And so the one thing that I never realized was unique so much is we learned about money. We talked about money growing up. So I learned the principles. And by loaning those principles and implementing them, then I was able to become a multimillionaire. So I've walked the path. I know how to do it. I know all of the pitfalls. Like the whole reason I never got into the money space is when I looked at what people in the money space did, I was like, they're all salespeople. They don't actually understand any of the financial things they're selling. They aren't what's best for the consumer or the business owner. And so I really struggled with that. And that's why I stayed away from the financial space. It wasn't until finding profit first. And I was like, oh my God, finally something that's ethical and correct and appropriate in line with my values. That's truly helpful. Now I can do this. Now I found that, that perfect intersection. Mm -hmm. And what is that business model for you? How did you start and grow that type of consultancy? So I was originally doing financial coaching on the personal side. And so I spent a lot of time with that. And, you know, it's funny, people will buy a lottery ticket hoping to wake a million dollars overnight, right? They'll go gamble hoping to make money overnight. People are less likely to pay you to teach them how to build wealth. I mean, if you sit with me, especially if I sit with someone who's young, like I can teach you guaranteed how to become a millionaire, but it's not going to be overnight. It takes 10, 20, 30 years for you to do that, depending on how fast you want to go. Business owners are a little bit different. Business owners are willing to pay to fix their bottom line because it's so much more important to them. And they're of a different mindset. And so when I learned about that, first of all, I didn't even realize how bad business owners were worth money. I was like, <laughs> what do you mean financial like business owners aren't reading their right. financial reports. Right. They're in the business for They're the business. In the, <laughs> yeah. I just assumed that business owners understood the business of business. Mm -hmm. And so I was shocked to learn that 80% of them don't look at their financial reports. You know, of the 20% of them that are left, three quarters of them, eh, we kind of know what to look for, but we're not that great. 5% of business owners get this right. And that's why I think so many business owners struggle over time. And so when I realized there was such a need in the marketplace, and then I looked at my skills and going, you know, I can look at tax returns and spreadsheets. And I've been doing this for 40 years. They tell me stories. I can see things. And so I know how to ask the right questions to kind of elicit the right answers. Mm -hmm. And, so and Rocky, uh, you know, as we look towards the coming year, really rebuilding for a lot of businesses. I mean, they're restarting. I think about your formula, you know, revenue minus profit equals expenses. That might be a minus number for too many businesses right now. How would you see the coming back, the rebuilding? What advice would you have? So if that's a minus number, if you do it and you see a minus number, there is your immediate alarm bell, right? 
because now you know your business is not profitable. So now you've got to make hard decisions. And the question is, what are those hard decisions? How do you pivot? How do you change? How do you stop spending immediately? That's not easy to do. For a few of the people that I've been working with this past year, what they have done is they have realized, so these are not creatives. They're more in the retail side. They realize that they have an upper limit for how much they can charge. No one is going to pay you twice as much as the guy next door. You know, people are price conscious. So we've had to pivot their businesses to figure out how do they lower their costs? How do they change the types of products that they sell? How do they cut out their middleman so that they can get better pricing? And how do they pivot away from what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Or are there parts of their business that are more profitable than other parts of their business? Well, then let's pivot towards the profitable parts of your business or to the profitable products. It takes time. There's no overnight answer. All of these things, they take months. But I think the biggest thing is just learning to say, I don't need to spend money because we are the most consumer-driven society. We're constantly marketed to buy, 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 buy. And learning to say, what is the return on my investment if I'm if I buy that? How, you know, does it make sense? Or did I just get excited by the latest whatever came out? Yeah. Well, and almost when you think about product lines and you know, in retail and hard goods and things, but in the service business, some of these creative professionals in a consulting way, you say, How can I invest in the experience or the value that I'm bringing? Invest in the relationship. You know, that's that's investing your time and Maybe that's an alternative to investing more money down something that may not pay you back. And that's true. And you can pivot. I, so let's say you're a photographer, right? And you're an indoor photographer and everything's shut down. Can't take pictures indoors at the moment. Well, why don't you create a course on how to take better pictures? Why don't you create a course on how to, you know, present yourself. We're on Zoom right now. You know, how do you look good on Zoom? How do you set up lighting? Because if there's executives on Zoom, they want to look good. Mm -hmm. So how do we pivot the skills that we have to match with what we're faced with? And so if you do those types of things, then you have that ability or you go to one-on-one -on -one photography, right? You change it or you do something different. Yeah. Hey, you go out and take a bunch of videos with your iPhone and I'll, I'll give you some tips. And then you send me the raw footage and we'll create kind of that memory video for you. So you just got to get out of the box and say, what else can I do with the skills I have and how can I pivot to the marketplace? Well, my guest is Rocky Lovani. He is uh, the profit comes first, profit answer man. Rocky, as you think about your own business and your own practice moving forward. What, what's your vision? What, where do you see things for you personally? So this for me is a retirement lifestyle business. I don't want to retire and do nothing. That was the original dream, right? You know, you get rich, you retire, <laughs> you sit on a beach, drink Mai Tais. And I quickly came to realize that that wasn't life. And so for me, it's about helping people. It's having fun. It's a handful of clients you know, I have a hard cap on how many people I will work with. And a big part of it is every client brings me problems and I love to solve problems. 
So they bring me something unique and, and it's just helping them see the light, helping them grow. And so it's just, it's fun. It's rewarding. And so that's kind of what I see for the coming year. We, we're just uh, launching a new course, which is how to do the profit first methodology. And so that's, uh, that's coming out. And I think at some point in the future, just because I'm going to have time constraints on myself, is to create a space where business owners can come together and talk about money in a non-judgmental zone mm-hmm. where they can also get advice. So imagine if you were part of a community of other creatives and you're helping each other to make wiser financial decisions. Hey, I just found this software. It, it replaces this software at 10 cents on the dollar or you know, I'm struggling with pricing in my business. What have you done and how have you handled these objections? So, you know, that's that's still probably a year to two years down the line. Mm-hmm. Everything in time. Yes. But we're always going to need help with money. We're always going to have businesses. So it's just a matter of how do we get the message out? How do we help people? And how do we get you more comfortable with your finances? Yes. Well, I love that forum of being able to exchange and be open with your peers because uh, I've always valued the how-to books and that's great, but it's also so valuable to hear a a colleague, for example, say, I faced that one time too, and here's what I did. And it could have been the wrong thing. And so I learned from it. Well, Rocky, can't thank you enough for the uh, insight and you sharing your experiences. Folks, uh, my guest has been Rocky Lalvani. Rocky, how do we connect with you and follow some of your work and get involved in some of these programs you're talking about? So if you're listening to a podcast now, whatever you're listening on, you can find The Profit Answer Man. And that's where I go into much more depth on this. I I teach the finances without the, the accounting mumbo jumbo. So I make it relatable. And then the website is Profit Comes First. If you'd like two free chapters of the Profit First book, you can find them there. And those are probably the two best places to find me. Well, listeners definitely take Rocky up on this because I've been to these websites. I've listened to the podcast and you can take a nugget away from these every time. Every episode has something you go, oh, wow, I didn't think of that. I'll put that on my daily do list. So Rocky, thanks for coming on the program. Really appreciate it. Mark, thank you so much for having me here today. And listeners and friends, you know, this idea that you have creativity and innate talent, that's terrific. But if you're trying to take that talent and build a business, add to your creative quiver, this business acumen. And I tell you, I wish I knew from Rocky 20 years ago, this uh, maxim of revenue minus profit equals expenses, not the other way around. Things might have been different in, uh, in some of those years. So thanks, Rocky, for sharing that. And listeners, come back again next time. We'll continue our travels around the world to talk to leading experts and talent and all sorts of fields from publishing and film and music and restaurants and hospitality, healthcare. I mean, all these things we, we can learn from these businesses. We can learn their creative approaches and make connections and create opportunities to get our own creative work out into the world. And as Rocky encourages us, make money from that creative effort. So I'm Mark Stenson. We're unlocking your world of creativity. And we'll see you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stenson. 
We host our podcast with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. You can too. If you have a podcast, get your first seven days totally free when you use the referral link in the show notes. Get the full potential of your podcast when you host with Captivate.fm. I'm Mark Stenson. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or check out my website at www.mark-stenson.com. Thanks for listening.